Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights. Praise him all his angels, praise him all his host. Praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars. Praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever, he fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from Isaiah. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, and the great favor to the house of Israel that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior in all their distress. It was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever, and this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How was your Christmas? I know we're used to rhetorical questions from the pulpit, but I really want to know. How was your Christmas? I like that little call and response. That's good. I wasn't expecting that. Whatever it was or wasn't, I really would like to hear your story. As a pastor, my vocation is to walk with you along the journey of faith to be of service to you in whatever way I can, to tell stories and to make meaning with you amidst the chaos of life. The prophet Isaiah filled a similar role for the people of Israel. Although today's text seems fairly positive and hopeful, it's actually the beginning of a long communal lament. Lament allows us to pause and make space for the holy, to welcome the inbreaking of God into our lives, to cultivate empathy and understanding and mutual love. Lament is a powerful tool for meaning making, but so is storytelling. 
And Isaiah knew this truth. Isaiah attempted to make meaning with his people by lamenting, but first he began by telling stories. By telling, by recounting the gracious and praiseworthy acts of the Lord. By telling stories of God's mercy and grace and love. That is not insignificant. Isaiah knew the people of Israel had reason to, to lament, how deeply they needed to lament. But he also knew they needed hope. They needed to remember that God loved them and wanted them to flourish. And so Isaiah recounted the abundance of God's steadfast love. Perhaps that's why you came to church today, so soon after Christmas. Perhaps you came to linger a while longer in the light of the Christ child. Perhaps you came to recharge your own light. Perhaps you came in search of something that you missed on Christmas Eve. No matter why you came, you're here. And you are welcome in this place. Like the people of Israel, we have reason to lament. But for now, I'd like to tell you a story. There were four services on Christmas Eve, and I was a part of them all. In each service, I had different vantage points from which to observe the many ways that God was moving among us that day. In the first service, the three o'clock nativity, I sat up in the balcony. As the sanctuary filled with families, I was struck by how loud it was getting. <laughs> there are plenty of children in church every Sunday, but they've never been that loud. Surely it's going to quiet down, I thought. But it never did. It was an hour of controlled chaos. Children were chattering, screaming, crying, jumping off the chancel steps. Both those in the congregation and those who were part of the nativity service. And it didn't matter if we were praying or listening to scripture or singing a song. We could still hear everything that was going on in the service. But the sound of children accompanied our worship. I have to confess that I wasn't as invested in the service as I should have been. And the noise was admittedly distracting. But an amazing thing happened. Shortly before the service began, a woman walked up to me where I was sitting in the balcony and asked me to look at the hymnals that were in front of me and hand her the one that was inscribed with a particular name. I did as she asked and didn't think anything of it. At the end of the service, the woman came over to me once again and thanked me for letting her use that hymnal. She said to me, I donated a hymnal in honor of each of my grandchildren. And every time I'm here, I like to use one of the hymnals inscribed with their name. I want them to know they always have a place here. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. I sang in the choir 
during the five o'clock service. I sat about where Amy is right now. The chancel was packed with choir members. There were timpani, a brass quintet. But surprisingly, it didn't feel cramped. It felt cozy and safe. Mostly free of responsibility, I was able to sit there and simply worship. It's a rare opportunity as a worship leader to just get to do that. It was a beautiful service, and there were many moments that moved me to tears. The first came after the fifth lesson. The story of the angels appearing to the shepherds living in the fields. The choir rose to sing my favorite carol of the night. The Shepherds Sing by Bob Chilcott. The text is taken from a poem by George Herbert and it's beautiful. But the music is what affected me so strongly in that service. And I'd like to play just a bit of it for you now. Doesn't that so beautifully convey the wonder and fear and uncertainty and peace the shepherds must have felt? You can almost see the angels appearing in the darkness with a flutter of heavenly wings. And then Hannah Sparrow's clear, ringing voice sang the opening solo. The shepherds sing, and shall I silent be? My God, my God, no hymn for thee. A little later, Rick spoke the well-known words from the first chapter of John's Gospel. In the beginning it was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. We kept silent as the Christ candle was finally lit after weeks of holy anticipation. And then we spoke together the truest words I know. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we have seen his glory full of grace and truth. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. With that final word, the organ and brass began a sparkling introduction to O Come, All Ye Faithful. Like many of you, I grew up singing that hymn. I've even sung it in Latin. But this time was different. After a relatively tame first and second stanza, the sopranos unleashed into a glorious extended descant as the timpani began to rumble and the brass proclaimed the coming glory of the Lord. I looked out into this congregation and saw people singing with gusto, many singing what they knew by heart. We were truly choirs of angels singing in exultation. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. As we finished the refrain after the third stanza, I felt my voice catch in my throat. I tried to take a breath, but I was overwhelmed by the confluence of word and music. I'm a melancholy person. I'm drawn to gloom and sadness, to minor keys and pensive moods. That's partly why Lent has always been my favorite part of the Christian year. But there in the darkened sanctuary on Christmas Eve, I couldn't resist the dawn of the Christ child. I wept tears of joy that I was able to count myself among the faithful there that evening who had come to greet Jesus, born that happy, happy morning. And there were so many faithful in attendance. I had more responsibilities in the 7 and 11 o'clock services. And that allowed me to greet people both as they came in from the cold and as they left, carrying the light of the Christ child in their hearts. In particular, I remember standing in a little huddle in the back with Kayla and Amy before the 11 o'clock service. We were exhausted and sore and ready for bed, and we just wanted a moment of peace and quiet. Just then, I felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned, and it was someone I hadn't seen in weeks, someone I had dearly missed. I don't remember if we said anything to one another, but we shared a smile and a warm embrace before they walked into the sanctuary. Suddenly, I didn't feel so exhausted anymore. I was bolstered by their presence, by their love, by the light they had brought in with them. I could feel both at that moment and so acutely throughout the final service the presence of God at work in that space. It was as if Christ was being born in our midst. In his meditation, Rick spoke of a hope at work from the inside. 
a hope that began as a humble zygote and grew until it took flesh among us, a hope that even now dwells within our very cells, a hope that resists atrophy and continues to bear the pain and suffering of the world. That hope was present in the bread and cup we shared together. It was present in your faces, each one illuminated by the flame of a single candle. It was present in our voices as we sang together in harmony. And it remained present even as we extinguished our candles and went our separate ways. So, how was your Christmas? I've told you a bit of my story. Now I hope you'll share part of yours with me. Let us pray. Holy One, creator of all, we give thanks to you for every blessing. You are generous to us beyond measure. Keep us filled with gratitude for every gift of life, for family, friends, and the privilege of giving back to you. As we bring what we have this day, we ask your blessing upon it, that this church may be a balm for a world in need still and forever wrapped in your holy and healing love. Amen. Pray with me once again. Gracious God, you are a God of hospitality. There is none like you that invites all to come to you. You have invited all to your home to your table and to your arms, that all would hear and receive this good news. Lord, help us to remember why we have seasons of Advent. Help us to take you into the next season. Help us to then treat each other the way you treat people. Gracious God, because you treat us with your tender love, we take time to pray for our friends, family members, and others who need you more than ever. Pour out your healing on all who need it, be generous with your transforming love for those who need it in their lives. Bring forth your reconciliation in families and in places where it's needed. Gifting God, you've given us the gift of your spirit to use to further your kingdom and to be the body of Christ in this world. We take time to remember those who are suffering and to thank you for the restoration that has already taken place. Empower us to continue to be your hands and feet to continue the work that needs to be done there and in so many other places. There is none like you, God, in your love, your generosity, your gifting, and your hospitality. And we thank you that you are in our lives, working in and through us. Teach us to let people know that your kingdom is always open. In the name of your son who opened the doors for all and broke down barriers that kept people from you, now let us pray the way that Jesus has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.